0: I wanted to talk about self-worth today and um, I wasn't sure if I was actually going to do this podcast because I haven't slept in a week and I'm on my moon and the weather's terrible and I was feeling a bit down. I kind of got pulled down by something. So I thought, no, this isn't the place to do a podcast from. And then I thought, well, actually why not? (laughs) Especially if it's on the theme of self-worth because I'm kind of having a conversation with my self-worth today and so what better a moment to do a podcast on it? And I think, you know, when we feel low, um, for whatever reason, we tend to feel quite alone in those experiences because we, we're not in a society that, that like, says openly yes let's include that you know it's kind of like no when when you're happy and you're good and you're successful and you're fine then you can come out you know so a lot of us feel alone in those moments and you know podcasts and watching videos they're all really wonderful and can be inspiring and really motivating or they might resonate but a lot of the times we're watching them and you know, the studio has been rented out and the the outfit's been chosen and the hair and makeup's been done. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but I just kind of thought to myself that, like what pushed me to come (laughs) and sit in front of the microphone was like, well, how often do we have the moments where the person speaking is in a vulnerable state themselves, you know, and is having a low moment. So, that's why I'm here. So we're going to talk about self-worth and the process of healing. And I'm going to be in a vulnerable space and we'll see where it goes. This is Corinne Bloom and you're listening to Raw Conversations. So with that said, I don't mean to say that people that have a studio and you know makeup and hair um, that they can't be in their vulnerability. That's not true. Of course they can. What I mean is to find an actual moment where someone is going through that in the moment and coming to record. I would imagine most people come to record and they're like, yay, I'm super excited about this. (laughs) Not that I'm not excited to be here. It's more that it was, I, I had to nudge myself lovingly. So, self-worth. Hmm. I don't think there is a human being on this planet to one degree or another that doesn't, hasn't had to have this conversation with themselves about their self-worth. I wonder if in previous times when we lived perhaps in more egalitarian times, matriarchal times, um, peaceful, harmonious times, if... Self worth was such an issue. I certainly believe that it's probably gotten worse because, you know, our environment has a profound effect. And if um, we're disconnected from nature, our inner nature, from the cycles and rhythms that come from that nature, we're disconnected, you could even say, maybe from our higher selves, um, then it's easier to fall into this. Um, Well, and then you add on top of that, sorry, I'll get to the point. You'll add on top of that the very consumeristic, divisive, you know, capitalistic, not enough world that we live in. Yeah, of course, it's going to be easier that that environment is going to breed that kind of um, quality, I guess you could say. And I do believe that we have, um, I remember there was a book that I read, God, maybe a decade ago called. Um, I think it's called The Heart of the Labyrinth, something like that. And it's all about the epidemic of not good enough. So we've been in this kind of epidemic of not good enough. And that doesn't mean that who we innately are is not good enough or worthy, because I truly believe we are. like That is our essence. Our essence is innately worthy and lovable. But um, our environment... Elements of our childhood, the way that our society is run, kind of tells us the opposite. Like, no, you're not good enough. You need to be better. If you're good, you're praised. If you're bad, you're punished. None of these are very conducive to supporting and nurturing our sense of self-worth and our authenticity. So, yeah, so my point is, is that I think everyone to a certain degree has had to you know, battle with it, face it, converse with it. I also think, as I've shared, I'm sure before, that I think one of the arcs of being human is like, I, my, this is my belief and my perspective. We're spiritual beings that come here to have this human experience, to learn and evolve and grow and whatever we choose to take um, from it. But that kind of our wound is what makes us human. And we have to go through the arc of forgetting who we are, remembering through our humanity, which at times is going to mean going through suffering, and then remembering again who we are through that arc, through the suffering, through the metamorphosis, and how beautiful that is. Because when we remember, it's like, wow, like I forgot who I was and how beautiful and actually how awe-evoking that can be. But um but yeah, the arc of being human is sometimes really like bloody unpleasant, right? It's really can be very painful. So I just want to say that like, you know, you're so not alone in your experience. Whenever you're going through struggle or suffering or feeling low or feeling down or not feeling good about yourself and you're questioning your self-worth, you're questioning your lovability and significance and your purpose and what are you doing here? And why aren't you in a relationship? And why isn't your job more successful? You know, all of we've all been there. We all have in our own way. Our stories may vary, but the feeling, you know, there's a familiarity. There there is a maybe there can be empathy that extends between us all because what we share is we're all human. Kind of pretending to be like superhuman we're kind of robots. Like that's the thing. We're not machines. And, and that's why when I get somebody that calls me and says, you know, how, how do I fix this? Can you fix this? Can you help me fix this? Or how do I get rid of this? And I think, well, there's nothing to fix because there's nothing broken. And, and when I think about it more deeply, there's nothing to fix because you're not a machine, you're a human being. And so you don't need fixing, you need loving. That's what we need. This isn't where like, oh, how do I fix this part of the machine? How do I get rid of that piece, that part that doesn't work anymore and like replace it with that piece or that part and then boom, I'm fixed, I'm better. And and I was reflecting about how there, I was having a conversation with a couple of friends of mine around this, that there is a pressure when you're a coach, you're a therapist, you're a healer, you're a yoga teacher, where sometimes people do come to you going like, fix me, make it better, like take my pain away. Right? And we live in a very pill-popping society um, that is kind of like, take this and you'll, your problems will go away, except for the fact that there's like a million side effects that come with it. Why? Because healing is a journey. It's a process. It's not like you press the button and boom, you're healed, and you take that pill and boom, you're healed. It's a process and a journey. And the reason why it's a journey is because you get to discover who you are along that journey, and that's the gift. That's the gift of the wound. That's the gift of the pain. If we were to bypass that, we wouldn't grow. And I know when we're in it and we're feeling low, like you might be like, shut up, Corinne, just shut up. (laughs) Just make it better. But sometimes as a coach, you know, it feels like a huge responsibility at times. Like if if my client is going through a hard time and I'm not able to help them in, in a way that I wish that I could and... Maybe they're looking to me, you know, kind of like, why aren't you making this better for me? And I'm disappointed. And, you know, that, that's kind of a, lot, a huge responsibility because I care. I genuinely care about my clients. And then I was thinking, if I look back at my own process, and it's really hard to see this when you're in the depths of your pain and in the depths of the darkness. The only person that at the end of the day is truly going to make this better for us and is going to heal us and get us out of whatever we're in, is ourselves. Nobody can fix it. Nobody can just magically wave a wand and make it better. I I love, I don't know if my friend listens to this podcast, but she was saying something about like a magic wand, that like she's not going to pull out a magic wand and like just fix the class. She's like, believe me, if I had a magic wand, it would be near broken from how much I would use it, you know? And I love that. It made me laugh because it's so true. There is no magic wand. And, and that's the illusion and delusion of Disney happily ever after. There's no happily ever after. And I'm not saying that to be pessimistic. I'm saying it to be very realistic. Life ebbs and flows. like It, it moves in cycles. It is not linear. It is not stagnant. It is not forward, upward, moving, moving all the time. It ebbs and it flows. And I think... I have learned that when I can surrender to that process knowing that there's nothing wrong with it and there's nothing wrong with me if I'm going through those ebbs and flows, Then there's peace because it's whenever we struggle against and resist the natural process that we suffer because we're comparing it to something that isn't real. If we're comparing it to Disney and happily ever after and the knight in shining armor comes in and sweeps the damsel in distress off her feet and ta-da, they kiss and get married and happily ever after. If that's the comparison, that's a fallacy, right? And that's both pressure for women and men. You know, the woman to find the perfect man that's going to save her and the man that, you know, I'm fully like brave and courageous and I can save the woman and I can make her happy and I can fix all problems, you know, and then real life happens and couples get together and marriage and kids and they're like, well, shit, you know, you're not making me totally happy all the time or shit, I'm not fixing all of your problems and you're not happy all the time. Like, where did we go wrong? You didn't go wrong. You just went human. (laughs) You popped out of the Disney illusion and you became human, but nobody gave you the tools to be human. So, yeah, where do I want to go with this? I want to go back to this responsibility, you know, and back to we absolutely need support. We need tribe. We need, um, there's something, as I shared, I think, in my last last week's podcast, when I did this brain um, spotting training, just being held in the presence of Mark Grixty, who's, who's the trainer that in and of itself was so healing, but the actual healing is happening inside of me. You know, he holds the space. He helps me find the access point. You know, this is why I like to call myself more of a guide. You know, sometimes we need a guide, firstly, to hold the space so that we feel safe, so that we feel like we're not alone, because that's so much suffering comes from feeling like we're alone, because that triggers our memory of being a child and having a moment where we felt alone and scared and confused and not good enough and not lovable enough and rejected and ignored. And and the, the hardest part of that was that we felt alone. And, and what we needed was a hug and we didn't get that hug that felt safe and made us feel protected and loved and acknowledged like we exist and we matter and, and that it's all okay to just be who we are. So, you know, when we go into any kind of a therapy healing session what that person is providing us with is a safe space with loving presence and that like is so powerful in and of itself but then the rest of it is they they might shine a light where you can't see within yourself they might help us see our shadow they might help us make sense of our patterns and understand where our beliefs are coming from and and how to kind of access that point and then get what we really need that we didn't get back then. And then how to show up in new ways, but who's doing the work is, is us individually. We've got to be doing the work because the thing is, it's kind of like you can only have training wheels on your bike for so long. There gets to be a point where you've got to ride the cycle yourself, you know, and then whatever you come in and you get maintenance. (laughs) But really the, the, um, the goal should be that this is about building a relationship with ourselves so that, you know, when we're feeling low, it's not like we do this work and all of a sudden it's like, boom, I'm great. I'm happy and positive all the time. I feel, I love myself every moment of the day. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, we're going to have low moments. And, and I've always said that Self-love comes in, especially in the moments where you're feeling shitty. It's not when you're happy and positive and doing great and you're successful. Like, great, celebrate yourself in those moments. Absolutely. But if you're feeling down, if you're feeling sad, depressed, angry, envious, all the emotions that we consider negative and dark and bad and we want to get rid of, which I would like to say those are the ones we need to embrace the most and love the most. If in those moments, like, self-worth isn't there to go, oh... It's okay. I love you as you are. I accept you as you are. How you're feeling right now is totally okay. I'm here for you. I'm not going to abandon you. I'm not going to reject you. Those are the that's that's when we recognize our self-worth. That's when self-love really comes in. Not when we're perfect and happy and on a high. When we're in our lowest moments, that's where we really get to see our relationship with ourselves. And you can't mess this up. You can't get it wrong. This is just a practice of showing up for ourselves again and again and again, and we're not going to get it right away because it's a new habit. It's a new way of being, and it's a new choice. And, and here's the, this is the kicker. This is kind of really annoying. You're going to have to go through this at one point or another in your healing journey. It is a choice the victim in us all will like to blame everything else and even even blame ourselves right the victim is in the archetype and role and personality of the victim it stays there the way we alchemize the victim is that we let it know that the story just isn't true and it doesn't need to be a victim anymore and that actually it doesn't serve you to be a victim maybe at a certain point it it was a good coping mechanism because it got attention and it felt like it you know it got what it needed but really what we're needing is acceptance you know and being in a state of victimization is uh takes a lot of work in the end right because we're battling we're grappling against ourselves even so choice We have a choice when we're going through the challenges in life. We have the choice of how we want to respond to it. We can choose to go down into victimization and say, fuck this. Fuck life. Nothing works for me. Everyone else gets it. I don't. Why is this happening to me? What's wrong with me? Why can't I have this? And you know what? That's part of the process and that's okay. It's okay to go into that place. We've all done it. I'm sure we've all done it. But how long you stay there, I think is the key because at some point we've got to make the choice of pulling ourselves out of the hole. And and it takes so much resilience and courage and strength. I don't want to underestimate that. It really does. But that's why we do this work because it's like... Holding on to even a thread, even if it's the tiniest, thinnest, like spindliest little thread that goes, "I've got you. I've got you and I'm gonna pull you out and And how I experience that part in me is it's like my higher self. It's my spirit, it's my soul, whatever you want to call it, that says, you know, I'm watching you. I'm watching over you. And I'm observing this, you know, you going through this. And I'm not going to interfere. It's like the most loving parent. I'm not going to interfere. I'm going to let you have your own lessons and grow. But when I see that you're really down, I'm going to pull you out. I'm going to pull you out of the hole. And we all have that ability to, to have that resilience. We do. Sometimes you've got to muster it up like you can't believe. And it takes every ounce of your being and your spirit to pull you up and out. But f- at least from my experience and also what I've witnessed working with individuals, I have, I have been to the darkest depths within myself. And I've always made it through. And I've watched clients go through sometimes months where they are down and really in the dumps and feeling depressed and going through their dark night of the soul And they always make it through. Now, here's another thing I'm going to say. So you have a choice, right? So the first thing is you have a choice. And actually, that choice is very empowering because it brings us into a place of self-responsibility where we're not waiting for someone to save us. We're not waiting for God, the universe, to save us. We are understanding that we are powerful, co-creative beings here and that we actually have the ability to create our lives, And so that self-responsibility isn't like a self-reprimending, like, you know, chin up, get your shit together and come out. It's a really loving and very empowering, like, yeah, you have the power. You can do this. Believe in yourself. You can do this. You can create your life. You can get yourself out of this hole. The second piece to that, oh my God, now I lost it. Ah, it will come back choice. Okay, I actually had to pause and come back. I've got such period brain, sorry. So we have a choice. But here's the thing, when we're going through this healing journey and process, and and maybe we've gone through a spiritual awakening, we tend to, like I said in the beginning, sometimes we can have this idea and belief that it's like, I've done the work and ta-da, I've made it and now everything's going to be like, happy, smooth sailing for the rest of my life. Um, that's not the case because like I said, life ebbs and flows, we will ride the wave and it will be super smooth and lovely and we'll crash into this, into the shore sometimes and we'll bash ourselves up. That doesn't take away from the healing you've already done. It doesn't take away from the spiritual awakening you've already had. It doesn't take anything away like i get how if we if we experience this high and then we crash and we think well shit okay i clearly didn't like that high was false it's it's no it's just like that's part of life and actually when we have any kind of spiritual awakening or a self awakening and we kind of understand the deeper aspects of ourselves one thing that you realize you're no longer kind of numb and blind to the fact that like yeah we go up and down and we ebb and flow because a lot of the time when people are feeling any kind of discomfort or pain or sadness, what what does our society do? Distract, 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 numb, num, num, right? And so there's kind of like that, that illusion of keeping everything really um, just even keel, linear, forward moving, like just get to death without having too much disruption and then you're good. But that's not really living, right? I loved, I forget now who said it, that it's like, you know, when, um, if you're connected to a heart monitor, if it's going straight, you're dead. (laughs) It's just like, like normally it's going up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. Right. So I'm not saying that life should be like a roller coaster and you should always be at the, you know, mercy of this kind of up and down being thrashed about thing. No. I mean, and I think this is why we do the work is so that we're not at the mercy of our experience and our uh, triggers and wounds and emotions, the tail isn't wagging the dog, as you've heard me say, I'm sure, many times before. So there's um like just to break that illusion that it you don't uh, this isn't an arrival. This isn't a destination. This is a journey. And sometimes that journey traverses through really beautiful landscapes and sometimes it's gnarly. And I was thinking about how nature, you know, nature doesn't apologize for itself. It doesn't apologize when it drops its leaves in autumn and, you know, is stark naked in the winter and it doesn't have its beautiful luscious leaves that we think, oh, that's so beautiful. Like there's actually a beauty to the naked tree in winter because it's like, here I am in my skeleton and bones, you know, and there's no apologizing for it. And there's no apologizing for that cycle of rebirth and, you know, coming into fruition and then the dropping, the leaves, the letting go, the shedding, and then the death, the death that comes through winter and really letting it all go to then go deep down into the soil, into the darkness, to plant the seed again and rebirth ourselves into, you know, a new form, a new evolved version of ourselves. That is evolution. That is the evolution of our being, you know, for a woman that happens every month. And then it can happen throughout every year and through different phases of our lives. And, you know, same for men. Okay, you don't have a menstrual cycle. But um, as, as a, someone, a man once told me, he's like, well, I have my cycle too. <laughs> um, you don't have a period, but you might have a different kind of cycle. So, yeah. So, you know, nature doesn't apologize for itself. And yet we do. We you know we sh- we feel ashamed or we feel um like something is wrong with us if we're going through a kind of a winter season now i get if we kind of find ourselves continually in like a winter season and 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 then you know that yeah that is when we might look for various ways of getting support but it still comes down to this I need to connect to my deeper self, to this part of me that even, like I said, if it's the spindliest little thread that pulls me up and out of this, and what that really is is love. And, you know, we're living in a society, so I'm going to share a little bit about what happened this morning. So, like I said, I I haven't slept through the night in about a week, and I'm on my period, and... I'm not really big into social media. I don't play the social media game. um I find it all a little bit just kind of somewhat uh unfulfilling. I don't like the hustle. I don't do the follow you know follow unfollow game or i i haven't I've never tried to build my following um but I was sifting through who I was following just to, cle- you know, clean up things and then recognizing all these people some of whom I have known in the past not very well but that have unfollowed me and I, you know, if I'm honest there was a point that was like, ooh, yeah, that's a bit of a bruise to the ego that like, okay, they're just not into my content or they don't like who I am but what I noticed is that like I could feel in a way that it was like making me feel quite low about myself. And then I, you know, started to think about like, oh God, you know, what's the point of doing any of this? Why am I sharing anything? Who am I to talk and speak? Like, you know, do people even like this? Do they even need it? What's the point of helping humanity? I'm never going to get followers. I'm never going to be able to build myself in the way that I'd like to build. Like, what's the point? And you, and you kind of get pulled. I got pulled into this kind of place. And yet, you know, because I've, done enough work on myself, I was able to still observe myself going into this kind of spiraling. And I could feel, you know, because I'm a little bit, you know, more sensitive and more emotional because I'm, you know, hormonal in this moment, I could feel myself kind of being, feeling a bit sad. And then I just thought, but wow, why am I measuring my worth? Even if it's just in the slightest way to social media, which is so kind of disposable. Right. And it's so superficial and it's so just like, I like you now. I don't like you now. I'm going to follow you now. I'm not going to follow you now. Like I want to get as many followers, but then I don't want to follow anyone. So I look like, you know, there's especially Instagram. It's just like, it, it is the worst place to measure or compare yourself with. (laughs) It really is. And it just made me think, wow, we're really in such a kind of, if you you were to look at life through that lens, through the social media lens, oh, oh my God, it would be so unfulfilling and kind of soul deadening and empty and, and meaningless. And, you know, I hear this a lot from clients that use dating apps and it's like, you know, yeah, you just swipe left or there's a f- bit of a text conversation and then that person will just ghost you. And, and again, it's, the, it's, the, it's how disposable things have gotten. Oh, I can just throw that away because there'll be another one. You know, I can throw that girl or guy away. I can swipe them left or I can ignore them and ghost them because there'll be another one that comes along the way. And actually, even this one, I'm not so sure because there might be something better out there, right? It's this whole illusion. It's this, it's addictive. It's, um, anyway, I'm not going to get into the technicalities of social media because it's just not my, I'm not interested in it. But the point was, again, going back to like, we're living in a society that is like really... Not nurturing just us as humans. It's like making us it's turning us all into algorithms and into kind of robots and comparison. I hear comparison comes up so much with my clients. oh, well, they have this or they're in that relationship or they're they have that level of success or that fault or you know and and comparison never ever is useful. It's just not because we're all here having our own unique individual experience of life. And there is no right or wrong or better or worse. The, the shitty thing is we happen to live in a society that's like, we're going to put you into one size fits all. You should all dress the same. You should all have the same kind of car, this or that. And the other, You should have this trend, this fad, um, y- y- you know, and, it, and it's like, well, but that's not really real. That's not real. It's a system. And the system is not really in support of the human. It's in support of itself. <laughs> and it's, you know, in support of making money. If I were to really, you know, bring it down to the, the basics here. Um, money and control and all of these things. And that that's, so again, you know, our self-worth is really being tested because it's being measured by something that is just not even realistic because it's not even remotely human. And so it's a tall order for us to be going on this journey where we're doing the inner work and maybe we're walking a spiritual path or an awakened path. And it does sometimes feel like you're going against the grain and you're the salmon swimming upstream. And, you know, you might look at other people and go, well, they seem relatively happy, but, you know, maybe they're totally numbing themselves and they don't really feel alive from the inside you know and I'll, and the thing at the end of the day who are we to judge and who are we to really know like we cannot judge a cover a book by its cover because we just can't know what it's like for someone on the inside we will never truly know so we need to get out of that and i think like i think i said this last time or i've shared this in the past that there's suffering and then there's the judgment of our suffering and the judgment of our suffering is just so unnecessary It just creates such unnecessary judgment. So the reason why I'm saying that again now is that if you're feeling low and then you're judging yourself on top of it for feeling low, you know, what's wrong with you? Like all the work you've done has just been for nothing. You should just give up, like hang the towel up, you know, just that's the unnecessary suffering. So this morning when I kind of felt myself spiraling down a little bit and, and, you know, I could feel the conversation with my self-worth and my self-worth thankfully was like "Uh uh-uh Corinne don't what why why are you going into that place why are you comparing yourself to this you know or your worth or your lovability or you know people like you because of if they're following you or not like it's just absurd because even if someone was like you know I don't like her content okay fine fair enough doesn't mean that I'm not worthy all of a sudden It doesn't mean that like, I should stop doing what I'm doing because a few people unfollowed me. You know what I mean? I'm just using that as an example because I think we can go there, right? Oh, he didn't text me. He didn't text me back. Oh, he didn't want to go on another date with me. What's wrong with me? I must not be lovable. I must not be worthy. I'm not good enough. No, it just wasn't the right match. You know, and yeah, the ego gets a little bit bruised and nobody likes rejection, but it means that there's a better fit for us out there. And that goes for a relationship, it goes for a job. At the end of the day, this is a relationship with ourselves. And how do we walk ourselves with ourselves and hold our hand as we're going through this crazy fucking ride of life? You know, and sometimes it's beautiful and brilliant. And like I said, sometimes it's gnarly, it's brutal, it's painful or boring or sad or depressing or confusing or scary. It's all of these things. And all of it is totally normal and okay. It's how we walk ourselves through it that matters. When we come out the other side and we're like, whoo, that was hard, that was a dark spot but we realize that we didn't abandon ourselves and we didn't reject ourselves in the process, that's when your self-worth is like, fuck yeah, I did it. (laughs) You know, like that's when we go, ah, I get it. I get it. It's about me being with me no matter what I'm going through and just loving myself and holding myself and being present for myself. Even if that self is on the couch, crying, not doing anything, feeling completely shitty about herself or himself, I'm still going to be here and I'm going to love her or him and I'm not going to leave. I'm going to stay. That is self-love and that is self-worth and self-worth goes, don't go into that story. Why are you doing that to yourself? You, you, you don't need to do that to yourself. You don't need to hurt yourself in that way. That's self-worth. Self-worth doesn't come and go, oh, you're not being perfect enough. Nope, you, you shouldn't feel low like this and you shouldn't feel down. That's judgment. That's the critic. That's, not, that's the I'm not good enough. And what do you do with that part? You don't get rid of it. You love it. You go, wow, you're really criticizing yourself right now. Wow, you're really judging yourself right now, aren't you? You must be scared. You must not be feeling good enough about you, who you are. Let me love you too. So it all comes back to love. It all comes back to presence and holding our experience and just accepting that whatever is happening in this moment, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with you. There really is nothing wrong with you. And it it makes me really emotional to say it because how much suffering do we experience in life because we think that something is wrong with us? We think that we're getting it wrong that we're not doing it right. Life did not come with a manual for a reason because it's not a one-size-fits-all. There's not one single right path. This is a journey that you're having and it's experience after experience after experience and it's not linear. It's a fern that's constantly unfurling. So be kind to yourself. Be gentle to yourself. Be patient with yourself. See if you could just accept that no matter where you are, that it's okay. However you're feeling in this moment, you're going to get through it. And there's nothing wrong with you being in it right now. And actually, the only way you're going to move through it is by allowing yourself to be where you are right now with love, without the shame and the blame and the judgment. If you do that, it's going to take longer. You will still get through, but it will take longer because you're fighting yourself. So stop fighting yourself and just come back into a place of as much as you can, just loving yourself. And remember if you physically need to like right now, I just had the instinct to just like put my arms around me or go to the mirror and just look at yourself in the mirror and even if you're crying, see if you can see the beauty in that because you're human, because you're vulnerable, because there's a little girl and boy in you that just needs your hug and your loving attention. We are vulnerable creatures and that's fine, that's beautiful. It's what makes us empathic. It what makes us have heart. And our heart, when it's open, when we're in it vulnerably, is when we're going to feel at our greatest power. Our greatest strength comes when we are in our heart and we're vulnerable and we're loving ourselves through it. I hope that's helpful. And may this be a podcast that you can come back to when you're feeling down, if you're feeling down. And um, just let it be a reminder It's okay. It's normal. To be honest, I'm feeling so much better having just shared this. So, see, like our shame wants to hide, but actually, when we're vulnerable and we speak from that place, it's so healing. Why? Because we're giving ourselves attention. And if we can give ourselves attention in a loving, kind way, it's so soothing. It's so comforting. I feel so much better. So, thank you for being there with me. And I just want to say the point isn't to do something to make ourselves. Ourselves feel better. We feel better as an outcome of just being with ourselves and saying, you know what? It's okay. This actually doesn't need to change. I'm just going to be here whilst you're in this. It will change whenever it needs to. You know, trusting the timing of the body, the wisdom of our emotions, the wisdom of our higher self that is watching over us, really trusting our entire being and allowing the process to process itself. Because trauma happens when we the process gets frozen. So feel it, speak it, draw it, paint it, dance it, meditate through it, breathe through it, or just sit and stay with it. That's all that's being asked of us. Stay with yourself as present and as loving as you can. Loving you from afar. As always, take it or leave it as feels right. And thank you again for being here with me. been listening to raw conversations with Corinne Bloom. Thanks so much for showing up, listening in and being a part of the conversation with me.